Today's date is November 6th, 2017. Hello and welcome to Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we are here to give you all the saucy deets about the world of comics this week. Emery, what have you been reading? Well, to be honest, I hadn't really read much until I came in today. Uh, in For which this I was doing you a solid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the tables have turned. Um, it only took me ten episodes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, love isn't always on time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Deep cut. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you did me a solid and got me, well, got us uh, issue two of Batman White Knight. And, man, uh, th- I think... We're getting to maybe the top of the first peak of the roller coaster ride with this one. As uh, 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 no spoilers, but uh, let's say it, there's uh, quite the setup for the the plan that Jack Napier has in mind for the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's to say the least. I I love where it's going. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm digging this comic more and more. I feel like um, another comic we're really big on, um, the Mr. Miracle comic. Yeah. Excuse me. For this one, it's drawing me more and more in the more I read it and the more I dive in. And I don't know what to think about this Jack Napier. (laughs) I really do question, is he sane or is he just pulling the big con on everybody? Right. And in the end, even if he is sane, I'm not sure (laughs) if these methods are... the best methods to be using. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's quite a few little, uh, I would say, major spoilers in this comic. And I think there's a, a handful of things in here that I wish we could have a spoiler discussion <laughs> on. Because I feel like it, it's going to have big implications later on in the book. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, we're only on issue two. So uh, I found an original print of the first uh, run of issue one very easily. Because people haven't picked up on this book yet. I'm telling you, pick up this book, just like Mr. Miracle. Highly recommended. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. And for nothing else, because they don't have the big, obnoxious blue banner on the top of it, <laughs> like the other DC books. <laughs> right. So, if nothing else, reaffirm this action so that they continue. And one day, we might get them to put the barcode on the back. One day. One day. Until then, we can just, you know, hopefully get more comics where uh, the title is kind of worked into the artwork, mm-hmm. which yeah. is nice. A fan can dream. A fan can dream. Been reading anything else? Oh. Um, got myself also, thanks to you, caught up on The Shadow and the Pat. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Dynamite and DC, for working together on this one. Um, another interesting story that so far. Well, I think, honestly, in that comic, I'm more interested in what the Shadow's doing and uh, his nemesis in this case, uh, mostly because I'm not too up on what the Shadow is exactly and... Like all of the things that the shadow knows, yeah. but um, yeah, looks like uh, looks like an interesting story so far. Uh, I will say this though: uh, whoever's dr- doing the the artwork 
for the the shadow and the Batman. The internal artwork, that is. The internal artwork, yes. Uh, there's six million covers because, of course, <laughs> there's Dynamite can't print anything without having six million variant covers of every issue. <laughs> Everyone gets to do a cover. Um, Which is nice. I guess artists are getting paid that way, but <laughs> but still... I, I don't know who's buying all of these variant covers. Right. With that said, whoever's doing the internal art is doing something to make Batman look old. <laughs> uh, there is something about that grimace that they keep drawing on his face, where it's just like, Arr. yeah, he definitely has some quirks in there. But I, I, I actually appreciate the internal artwork a lot. Uh, let's see here; I can't remember his name. That's uh, Giovanni Timpano. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he's He's got a cool style going on in there, and I actually like his style a lot more than some of the variants, with the exception of our variant cover of the week last week. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Obviously. Um, uh, I've been reading, again, the same two comics that I gave to you. Uh, I'm trying to catch up on the Unsound so we can tell our folks whether that cover from issue five uh, is as good <laughs> <laughs> as the writing inside. Right. Um, that that one's uh, a little ways down the line already. I picked up uh, three uh, covers of uh, Joe Benitez's Lady Mechanica's recent, most recent Lady Mechanica run, which mm. I love, and I collect all of them because they look awesome, and the artwork's awesome, and the style's awesome, and the stories are cool and steampunky, and I just keep buying them. Um, so if you're a fan of cool art and independent uh, productions definitely pick up the Lady Mechanica books, even though I know it'll cause competition. <laughs> uh, they usually sell it pretty quick, so you gotta find them, snag them quick if you want the physical copies to hang. And I've also gone back to uh, read some older runs that I wanted to, that I had started but not finished. And of course, when you don't finish them, you forget the details, and so you gotta read them all from the beginning. So I've been taking advantage of my. Uh, Comicsology unlimited subscription which allows you to read unlimited comics as long as they're not too new essentially yeah it's like a netflix for comics but you know you, you a little get more a whole, broad yeah. a whole lot of back issues so i've been trying that out so i can catch up on some stuff that i i neglected for a while and the most recent one has been nail biter the first run of the, the nail biter series not the crossovers or anything I'm very proud I have the first issue signed and autographed by uh, the artist and the writer of the series. And I was really digging it when I was reading it uh, and getting back into it. I'm falling in love with it again because I I noticed little details this time through that I didn't notice the first time. Like uh, at the the very first issue, there's a little uh, Easter egg in there where one of the characters is drinking from a, a cup that <laughs> is the Aqua Teen Hunger Force guy. <laughs> um, so that was pretty awesome. I hadn't noticed that the first time through. So Interesting. Uh, more incentive for you to go out and support your local book, comic book shops and uh, start reading those comics you might have forgotten about again. Yeah. Give those indies a shot. So without further ado, let's get into our latest segment, Did the Content match the drapes this is our weekly segment where we discuss whether our cover and variant covers of the previous week have content as good in quality as the cover art and give a shout out to the writers if so uh 
I think this one's going to be pretty obvious as we already <laughs> discussed them. But indeed, for Batman White Knight, our cover of the week from last week, uh, Sean Murphy really did knock it out of the park with the writing. He has kept me engrossed in oh yeah, in easily a, a very significant way. And if you are not reading this book, you need to pick it up because it's going to be a classic. I can already see <laughs> this is going to have twists and turns that nobody sees coming. So be sure to check that one out. What you same thing? Oh yeah, like my I, I hold Batman White Knight in very high esteem so far, mm-hmm. and it's earned every bit of praise that I have for it. Yeah, it's great. Keep keep going. Yeah. Thank you, Sean Murphy. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Steve Orlando, who's been writing The Shadow and Batman in the Dynamite DC crossover. Um, this one has all the weaknesses of any kind of crossover. Yeah. Where they, they kind of have to have the obligatory main character battle to see who would be bested. <laughs> and, you know... Each one trying to establish their dominance in some sort of narrative way. Um, the first issue before uh, issue two, which got the variant cover of the week last week, um, came in kind of soft. It focused surprisingly a lot on Damian Wayne right. uh, as Robin that I did not expect. Um, but it had kind of enough intrigue to keep me going. And then the second issue was significantly better, but again suffered from those typical crossover tropes. Yeah, and it's like it, like let's have a testosterone filled like fight for no to, reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, like we're we're here, we're suited up. Let's just settle this shit right now. Even though we're clearly on the same side, doing the same exact thing. Right. Uh, it's just one of those stereotypical nonsensical crossover things who would win the fight you know who would win in a fight and then you the uh, shadow knows uh, of course you you don't get a real answer in the end which is again typical right um but it's the second issue i think was better than the first issue and it it kept me intrigued i don't know if i'm going to keep reading it i'm not familiar enough with the shadow to really dive in it seems like the shadow has some kind of mystical powers I thought he was more of like an old-timey vigilante detective type. Um, uh, well, it, I mean, it, both of those things are true. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he is that old-timey, like, in-the-shadows vigilante, like, taking justice into his own hands, yeah. but also just has weird mind powers. Yeah, and it, there's a lot of kind of like <laughs> old kind of tropes where there's this mystical Asian something <laughs> that's evil and some, you know, yes. some dastardly, silent, invisible power has been at work and has now teamed up with another, you know... The Shadow Organization. <laughs> obvious, obvious Batman villain who would be involved in such a scheme. Of course. Of such age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was good enough to keep me going. I would I would give it a, a slightly above average rating in content. So I, I don't know if it, it matched the, <laughs> the drapes quite as much as I would like. Um... But it was good. Uh, I would say it was pretty darn close. Yeah, yeah and... I would say it's pretty standard mm-hmm. comic book affair. Um, I, I will say that 
the one thing that I appreciated about uh, issue two more than issue one is that it instead of focusing on Damien, it actually focuses on the characters that are on the cover of the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so issue two, a big improvement there. Yes. <laughs> you actually get to focus on said characters. Um, and then finally, the book I've been <laughs> delaying talking about because it's the fifth issue. You read it without the context of the first four issues. I haven't read it. I want to get that context first. Uh, didn't have the time to this week, but we're getting to it. But what what did you think just on your impressions without any kind of context? Um, Again, The Unsound by uh, Colin Bunn and Jack T. Cole from Boom Studios. Uh, it's definitely weird. <laughs> uh, there, there are some things going on in that book that uh, it, it's kind of weird reading it out of context because uh, like there's definitely a lot going on by issue five but uh from what i can tell uh the artwork seems well done uh the story kind of hard to tell before reading the other four issues but um i could see that they're definitely carving out a niche with this one yeah, I uh just flipping through it without reading anything or having context for everything. They seem to have a very kind of I would say Halloween appropriate look to it. Yes. And there's some very kind of pastel-y, cartoony colors. It kind of reminds me of uh that old Nickelodeon show, uh Real Monsters. Ah, uh, Real Monsters. Ah, uh, Real Monsters. Yeah. I feel like it has the same type of color, color palette and kind of art style almost. Yeah, uh, in some aspects. Again, just flipping through it real quick without any context or anything. But I'll get caught up on that and I'll let you know whether the content matches the drapes, but if nothing else, I can say these are some pretty nice drapes because when I went into the comic shop, I did not expect to see this book because it's, uh, what, two, two, three weeks old. Yeah. Usually by then, the, the really nice books or the really nice covers are gone unless it's just a series that nobody has heard of. Um, and that may be the case with this. But not even looking for it. It popped out from the shelf <laughs> so vividly that I, my eye just was naturally drawn to it and I had to grab it. I was like, well, I was going to just read this all digitally, but I got to pick it up. You know? I'm sure it was a shining light in a sea of dark covers. Yeah. If I can find the darn power source to my drill, I'm going to start hanging <laughs> our covers of the week on the wall behind us. So that'll be a nice addition. Um, but we'll let you know more next week look forward to seeing what our cover and variant cover of the week is this week yeah um with that let's get into the news first up according to bloomberg news disney is in talks or has been in talks to acquire fox entertainment group from 21st century fox which would give them the rights to the fantastic four and the x-men Woo! Woo! <laughs> unfortunately it seems talks ended with nothing established today <laughs> uh, as far as we know um again this is all just coming from bloomberg news rumors i didn't see a particularly good source for it but apparently the discussion is occurring yeah you've no doubt by this point probably seen or heard something on the internet 
much to the same effect. Um, the reason why this is such a big deal is, one, yes, it would mean that Disney would, it, and by extension Marvel, would finally have the rights to things like X-Men and the Fantastic Four and all of the related items therein. And their TV and uh, movie franchises. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 other really big thing with that is there's unrelated to comics, there there's a a few other finer things that would get pretty complicated given the things that they already own. Like uh acquiring Fox Sports when they already have ESPN. Yeah. Well, there's <laughs> I don't know how deep that goes into the sports franchises because, again, it's just a partial buyout. Right. And I don't know if Fox Sports is included in that media group. It probably is, but I don't. I have no context. Yeah. Um, but that is an interesting take that I wouldn't have even considered, so it's funny you bring that up. Um, yeah, that could, that could have big implications for their, their sports deals because that's basically what keeps cable alive nowadays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if Disney controls all of it, ooh, <laughs> that's a little scary. Uh, yeah, um, the, the, the term monopoly comes to mind. I just wonder what kind of implications it would have for the upcoming Fox projects. Obviously, there's the shows going on. There's the Gifted. There's, uh, what, Legion? Uh, um, Legion, I don't think. I'm not sure if the second season's confirmed yet, but uh, the first season did well enough to warrant one. Yeah. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. I haven't watched either one, so I need to catch up on all that nonsense. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just so much out there. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, fun fact, uh, Legion's only eight episodes. Oh, okay. So it's manageable. Yeah. They're about an hour apiece. About. Hour. Yeah. Um. And then you have to worry about, say, Deadpool, which obviously has a very uh, highly anticipated release coming out with Deadpool 2 coming out, what, next year? Uh, yeah. Anticipated for next year. Yeah. Then you have the... Specifically, rated R, which is kind of what made it a big deal in the first place. Yeah. And then you have the reboot-verse, you know, Sans, <laughs> Ian McKellen, and, you know, Patrick Stewart, and... Hugh yeah, Jackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, huge jacked man. <laughs> the huge jacked man is out. Uh, uh, with their Dark Phoenix trilogy they've supposedly been planning. Oh. Which I don't want them to do. <laughs> and as far as I know, nothing has been going on with the Fantastic Four, so you might as well just give that back to Marvel anyway. Y yeah. Just You're not doing anything with it. Let them have it so that we can finally have Galactus and Silver Surfer and uh, Super Scroll. Or just scrolls. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they still could technically do scrolls, but for some reason the super scroll is like the hot thing that they want. Are there any other big takes you want to draw out of this? Or are you just crossing your fingers and hoping <laughs> that Marvel gets it back? Uh, New Mutants. That trailer that came out a few weeks ago for what looks like Martin, like Fox doing a genre horror horror movie, mm -hmm. uh, something I would never have expected, uh, given the source material. Mm -hmm. But now that I think about it, it, kind of lends itself well to that. Uh, it's the I kind wanna... of thing that I personally would not have expected someone like Disney to go the route with with these characters. Yeah, 
I want to give uh, Fox and maybe by extension Sony credit because what they've both done with their franchises haven't always hit, specifically with Fox. Yeah. But they've been pretty darn competent with their takes on these characters. And I, I mean, nobody thinks of Professor Xavier without, you know, Patrick Stewart. And nobody thinks about Magneto anymore without Ian McKellen. And nobody yeah. thinks about Wolverine anymore without the six foot two huge act man. <laughs> <laughs> huge jack man. Uh, which is uh, not Wolverine yeah. in the comics at all, but is so cool and likable. Yeah, that that's a perfect instance of someone not really fitting the profile, but somehow just nailing the character. Yeah, and then you add what they did with you know the Deadpool movie after realizing the great mistake they made with Wolverine Origins, <laughs> <laughs> um, and how they just washed their hands of it and pretended like it never happened. <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, we're gonna we're just gonna say fuck that, but, and let, let's just redo it. Let's I, redo specifically this character. Yeah. So I think 21st Century Fox and Sony Pictures have both done respectable jobs with the trademarks that they had. And uh, I would like to see more of a kind of leasing out type of deal. Again, you know, uh, to set up for the end of this Marvel Universe. Because, let's face it, it can't last forever. Eventually, these actors are going to get too old and they're going to have to move on. Right. And recasting will have to happen. Or the torch passing of like oh uh, steve rogers was once captain america let's give it to bucky now or maybe falcon who knows (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll see um but just keep that in the back of your minds as we go forward because there's a chance disney will either buy these studios outright or they might get another lease situation like they did with sony Oh, yeah. Which would open the doors for Fantastic Four and X-Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, I'm really curious what they would do with Wolverine, because <laughs> such an iconic actor for such an iconic role, it'd be hard to recast him, you know? Uh, th- another fun fact, of which I seem to be having plenty of, um, there was one condition that Hugh Jackman said that he would actually come back for the role. Guess what it is. Is it a Marvel buyout? Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> he like he, his words were: uh, if Marvel had somehow managed to secure the rights, I would be willing to come back and do another one. I hope that's true because that, <laughs> that would make my dreams come true to see huge jacked man wrecking <laughs> shit with <laughs> with the Avengers. Oh yes, uh, just let the Hulk throw him at people. Oh yeah, <laughs> that just, would be incredible. Let's, let, let's just. Pun just intended. one. I mean, he's he, he's getting up there in age right now. But <laughs> huge I, jacked man does not age. <laughs> he has what I think is called the healing factor that keeps him youthful. <laughs> True he's, he's as that may be, dehydrate himself to near death to get those veins popping out. <laughs> Ooh, huge jacked man. It, yeah, it's like super hydrate and then like go without any water for like a day and a half i guess that's the nice thing about playing an older role like magneto and uh (laughs) professor xavier you can kind of take it easy with that you don't have to you can just age you you can just sit you're already old (laughs) what are you they gotta get angry because you look old (laughs) you're already old (sighs) 
You can do it forever. <laughs> <laughs> because Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen will never die. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wouldn't have made that joke last year because 2016, they were yeah, just tw- taking people out left and right. Yeah, 2016 was Harambe, d- deadly. Everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, let's get into the next news item. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read this a little slowly because I want to make sure I get all the details right. Um, according to the BBC, Rada which is the special deterrence force uh, excuse me the special deterrence forces of Libya's domestic military police force so i'm assuming some similar to the FBI yeah uh raided and arrested over 20 people in Tripoli over this past weekend at the Libya Comic Con uh targeting anybody who is suspected of being a organizer and anybody wearing a badge at the venue um some were released after being beaten having their heads shaven, and being subjected to a religious lecture in which they were reminded Libya was a, quote, Muslim country and that the event had violated the morals and modesty of the country. Some, many people are still in captivity for this event. Oh, my God. So just just a little friendly reminder out there to everybody. You know, don't take this art and... Uh, these words for granted because some people aren't even allowed to entertain the thought of looking at them or reading them or cherishing them or participating in it. Yeah. Um, uh, it's kind of sad because, uh, you know, Libya, if you're familiar with Libya, um, was, I guess, freed <laughs> from the tyrannical rule of a dictator and just went back to being a repressive regime yeah. after their flawed elections and i don't want to get too political but this is what happens when you base a voting system on a western 300 year old system in the united states we have better systems in place today that prevent this sort of thing yeah Um, not the least of which is the runoff vote and the runoff election (laughs) yeah Um, my god when you try to use a binary voting system in a country that doesn't have the greatest options uh, a minority party is almost assuredly going to win, and probably not the one you want. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, to allow your country to flourish and uh, move forward into the 21st century. Um, yeah, like the it's just a shame, honestly, that uh, we we still live in an age where we have reminders like this of why we in the Western world are fortunate of our place of birth Mm -hmm. i mean and it's not just the i mean there's you know japan there's there's several parts of asia parts of europe parts of africa and parts of north and south america but you always got to remember in the back of your mind that not everybody gets to appreciate this stuff for what it is yeah and this was an innocent organized event in the city at the city's convention center everybody knew about it it was advertised and the government forces because they determined that there was content in this convention that was deemed not up to the moral standard of their, quote, Muslim country. Not that that is a reflection of modern Islam. Um, that, that, yeah. that it was a f- fair game to go and raid and 
you know, imprison these people and beat them and interrogate them and shave their heads and lecture them. <laughs> you know, this is this is not a terrorist group doing this. This is the federal government in Libya doing this. Yeah, and, that that's the one thing that I think scares me the most about this is that like it this was this was a government action. Mm-hmm. The way that these people's like basic human rights were like completely violated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a reminder out there, don't take your rights for granted, people. Uh, the yeah. moment you surrender your rights to your greater establishment, government, whatever, um, there's a good chance you're not going to get them back. Um, it, that's just how the world works. Yeah. Once they take something, they, they're not fond of giving it back without some kind of violent repercussion. So uh, look out there, support each other in the community. Um and My heart goes out to all of those people who had their rights inf- their rights infringed upon yeah, well, in the situation, and all those who are still being held there. We'll see what comes of it. Um, it's not the most widely published thing, but it was just kind of buried in the BBC along with other world news. So, yeah, I thought it was very comic central and was worth talking about so yeah agreed uh and lighter news greg capullo and scott snyder have asked fans over twitter what they should do after dark knight's metal um Ooh, i haven't I been actually reading sent him a tweet on this yes i did <laughs> <laughs> i suggested a uh storm watch featuring grifter uh, uh yeah i saw that espionage <laughs> book against the suicide squad who's doing something for an american interest i left it vague for a reason yeah uh, they could you know take artistic license and i don't i don't do with th- it what they want yeah i don't think they noticed my suggestion in the flood of te- tweets and stuff um i have two things to say about this the first thing i'm kind of scared <laughs> that this had to be done <laughs> Because this suggests to me that they're running out of ideas in that office between Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder and artists like Greg Capullo and Jim Lee. I I think they're running out of ideas. And I and I back to what we were talking about when we were talking about uh, the proper home of comics. And I think episode eight. Yeah. Um, I don't think Southern California is giving the inspiration <laughs> it needs to for these storylines. Yeah, that's. Not quite the muse that uh, New York City is. Yeah, and I, I, I worry that this is just a sign that they're just going to feed fans whatever they'll continue buying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and so they're just fishing for more ideas from fans because they really are at rock bottom and just don't know what to do. I haven't been reading this latest metal run. But to be honest, the more I see of it, the less I want to, because <laughs> it just seems like bat versions of every Justice League member, you know, like there's always an evil version of everybody, you know, it's yeah. not the most original thought or storyline. Um, it really isn't. It might be good. I'm I'm totally judging a book by the cover, but um, I worry that this is a sign that we need some turnover over at DC because things are getting a little snag- stagnant after several years. I Some thought, new blood, I think, might need to come in. I thought New 52 was great uh, for turnover because it allowed the writers the freedom to take risks and try new things. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, I I personally think you know it was about 
60-40. 60% worked and seemed really interesting, and 40% was just kind of like, oh, I don't know if you should have done that, but it was worth a shot. At least you tried something. Right. Now that they've done this re-emerged world where everything's back next to each other, and you have the old versions and the new versions and everything just all colliding, I feel like that stripped a lot of the available stories away from the writers that had previously had the freedom to make up something new to try something different and uh yeah i would like to see more stuff like uh sean murphy's you know white knight uh, start popping up in lieu of this but um i think we're seeing just the the loose threads starting to fall apart and unravel uh yeah on this tapestry that is the rebirth and <laughs> dc universe that's mm. Now, I could, That's really worrisome. I could be reading way too much into this. <laughs> I probably am. I can almost guarantee you I'm reading too much into this. Um, but I, I, I see it in the writing. I see it in the way that some books are designed in the way we've been suggesting, where it has a more minimalist cover where you can appreciate the art more. And they've taken away some of the advertisements. They could still put the barcode on the back, but they made the barcode really small at least. So that, that that's a step in the right direction. At least they're trying, but then on the you know the proper universe books, it's still the giant banner and the really <laughs> corny artwork and rebirth. The just, you know the nickel and diming everybody with a million variants that just aren't good. <laughs> they're just kind of yeah. weak. You know, rushed out variants and the artwork inside is rushed and the, a lot of the writing feels rushed. And they're making comic books based on toy series that you know. Gotham City um, Garage, we're looking at you. So I'm starting to get pretty worried um, that if they don't do something soon, that there's going to either be a bankruptcy in the future or there's going to be a severe need for turnover. And that's not to say Jeff Johns and Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo and Jim Lee haven't been doing great work, you know, <laughs> during their tenure at DC. They have. Right. Um, but I think the well's starting to run a little dry and they need to get some fresh blood in there maybe and maybe allow their writers and their artists to try a little something different, you know, and that isn't so PC and, you know, uh, <laughs> like, isn't so fan caterish, <laughs> um, risks fan service Yeah. Um, and a lighter note, as I was looking at all the suggestions that were being sent their way, I saw that most of them were, as you could probably expect, some kind of team up or versus book, you know, <laughs> you know Justice League versus Suicide Squad or, you know, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws versus Suicide Squad or, you know, Justice lot. League Dark versus, you know, whatever else. <laughs> Just pick make, your poison. Makes me think of that thing that I would always do as a kid where I'd take the, these action figures where I only had the hero action figures and and make him fight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, which one's better? Uh, do the thing. So we've discussed like uh, team up books we'd like to see in, in a, a past episode, probably episode four or five, somewhere around there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> of course, we suggested like the crossover uh, Nightwing and Gambit and <laughs> uh, Constantine and uh, was it? Um, <sighs> Who would they have on the Marvel side? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Doctor Fate sliding in there, like <laughs> trying to control the two of them. Uh, yes. And their egos. The fucking helmet. We, I think we had some pretty good ideas in there. So go uh, back and watch that episode if you want to. Oh, yeah. Uh, one that I did think of on the fly, like when I saw that tweet, 
and I managed to like tweet it out. Like I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie Escape Plan, starring uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. I kind of had the idea of basically the same kind of story, but with uh, Batman and Mr. Miracle. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I could see that. It's like two escape artists having to both escape and kind of fend for their lives in yeah. this place where it is just like a supermax prison. Yeah, I could. I have some ideas. I don't know if I want to send them on a podcast because I, <laughs> I feel like it would be better if I just sent them in with a script. <laughs> so maybe one of them would steal it from me and make it into reality. But <laughs> Protect I, your IP. I have some ideas. Um, I want to see a Grifter book. <laughs> without, I think we've talked about this. Stormwatch. Yeah. I don't know. The more I see it, Grifter like, and the more I read Stormwatch, the more I wish... Like Sto- solo Grifter, Grifter just had his own thing because his uniform is so cool. It's so simple. <laughs> his character is cool. His powers are cool. I don't know. I just like him. I, I mean, like he's a he's kind of he's a cool concept. Yeah, and he's got kind of the Dragon Ball Z effect where he just keeps getting more powerful as he gets older and <laughs> finds out what more <laughs> he can do. It's like, Whereas, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> he was awesome in the Future's End comic for that reason because he had finally, you know. Matured. unlocked all of his power yeah, unlocked most of them at least you know yeah and he made for an awesome support character in that book and i would i would just i think dc needs more grifter in general <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong let the record stay <laughs> um and our final news item blake ritson has been cast as brainiac in sci-fi's upcoming show krypton he is famous for his role in Da Vinci's Demons. I'm not familiar with him. I just saw the pictures, but he looks like your stereotypical gloomy-eyed villain. So, eh. Um. <laughs> I mean, as long as he can maybe bring something a little extra to the role besides I'm really all about collecting shit. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if this Krypton show is going to be any good. It's kind of cool that, hey, we're finally going to look at Krypton and see what Krypton was actually like, you know? Yeah. Um, in some form that isn't the corny 30s version, you know? Uh, where from, everybody looks like the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah. From what I've seen, as far as, like, at least the uh, environment is concerned, I think they might have taken some cues from Man of Steel. Okay. It's so like it's going to look... Uh, it's going to look like the world's like on its last leg. That'll be interesting. I don't know what it's going to look like with having like red skies all the time. And if that's just going to be an eyesore <laughs> or if they're going to work around that and just make it kind of like earth and just like be like, Ooh, it's kind of red. <laughs> you know, I don't know if yeah. anybody was going to do it. I think sci-fi probably has the best chance of success with this concept specifically yeah this isn't the type of show that like a major network would pick up so yeah sci-fi can take a risk with these space odyssey type of stories you know yeah um anything else to say uh (laughs) i i remember like thinking about the show i remember specifically from the movie man of steel um the way that they would uh, get rid of their criminals, which was to put them in these these very 
phallic pods that shot up into space. I will find him <laughs> and my space dildo. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, for a moment, we did have uh, big black dicks flying into space. <laughs> <laughs> they were very phallic. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh. But uh, with that said, uh, I am curious to see how they depict their technology and their architecture. Uh, it's like I want to see just how far they can take like the alienness mm-hmm. of their Kryptonian life. Um, I'm interested in how they're going to play around with like having the greater amount of gravity. If things will have to be structurally different because of that, and yeah. If, like, the the life on the planet will have to be different because of that. I would think so. But yeah, there's like we'll making see. things look a bit more dense. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting uh, to see like structures having to be built in very <laughs> uh, sound ways instead of kind of like <laughs> elaborate, over the top. You know, with a bunch of external arms and stuff that clearly would not sustain themselves. Yeah, on a planet no. with a large amount of gravity and downward force. Yeah, let, let's not go that route. <laughs> also, let's not go the route of boring gray shit, which is apparently the way that Marvel's Inhumans is gone yeah. whenever we're on Moon City. Well, even with, you know, like, Man of Steel, uh, anything, on any kind of, like, space planet or anything, <laughs> it's always just steel gray everywhere <laughs> with shiny shit. And that's about it. Maybe you'll see some lights, but that's about it. You know, like, like nobody in the future or on these other planets has heard of the idea of paint or, <laughs> or pigmentation. You know, apparently this is not a thing. Yeah, the, the specifically for Man of Steel, uh, th- things just seemed like they were kind of awash with brown. Yeah, weirdly, everything was brown and just <laughs> brown and like goldish, either metallic or brown. Yeah, yeah no in between. Even the clothes are kind of like silvery and black and just, you know. <laughs> it's just, uh, guys, there are other Maybe colors Kryptonians are colorblind. That's why he <laughs> wears that atrociously bright super outfit. <laughs> That's why he never realizes his underwear is on the outside because he can't see the difference in the color. <laughs> what do you mean I'm wearing blue, yellow, and red? That would be ridiculous. It all seems gray to me. Like, oh my God, he's colorblind. He shouldn't be allowed to fly. He has x-ray vision, <laughs> but he's colorblind. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's Clark Kent driving through red lights and stuff. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, guys. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mason. <laughs> I'll try not to run that red next time. <laughs> well, that, my friends, is the news. So, what books are we going to be hitting this week? Well, Emery, I thought you'd never ask. Up on our list of new releases from Marvel Comics, we have, oh my god, so many variants this week. Daredevil, number 595. Legacy. Legacy. It's another week of this. (laughs) We have Generation X, number 8. We have Gwenpool, number 22. Legacy. We have... Jessica Jones, number 14. Legacy. <laughs> we have Master of Kung Fu, number 126. 
Legacy. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) We have Moon Knight, number 188. Legacy. God. (laughs) We have Miss Marvel, number 24. We have Royals, number 10. Legacy. Legacy. Oh, come on. We have (laughs) Runaways, number 3. We have She-Hulk, number 159. Legacy. Legacy. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Marvel holidays. They got to. Marvel, I love you, but you have got to stop this shit. They got to get it out of their system now. (sighs) We have Spider Man Cross Deadpool, number 23. Legacy. Legacy. Mother. Mm. We have Spirits of Vengeance, number two. Legacy. <laughs> we have oh. Star Wars, number 38. We have... Notice there aren't any long, obnoxious subtitles this time. Uh, yeah, I wonder what happened there. We have The Despicable Deadpool, number 289. Legacy. Legacy. We have mm. The Falcon, number 2. Legacy. Legacy. Son of a bitch. We have the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 26. We have the Uncanny Avengers, number 29. Legacy. Legacy. We have Venom, number 157. Legacy. Legacy. We have X-Men Gold, number 15. Legacy. Legacy. We have Zombies Assemble 2, number 4. And that wraps up our Marvel releases from Ugh. DC Legacy. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you shut it. <laughs> from DC Comics, we have Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 16. We have... Sorry, these metal covers are labeled Ugh, weird. So many of them. Batman Lost, number one, metal. We have Detective Comics, number 968. We have Gotham City Garage, number three. Unless they have drastically improved, do not buy these books. Um, from Next, we have Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 32. We have Harley Quinn, number 31. We have Justice League of America, number 18, featuring the main man. <laughs> we have... Oh, yeah, Bostitch. <laughs> I don't understand why he's on a Justice League of America book, though. <laughs> he has to be the thing that they're fighting. It, it no, would he's, make... he's one of the leads. Uh... <laughs> God damn it. The they're doing it wrong. space biker is, <laughs> for some reason, fighting for the Justice League of America. A space biker mercenary who's killed his entire people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like a hero to me, guys. <laughs> we have Justice League versus Suicide Squad, number one. Well, there's some of your requests. Hooray. Oh, um, <laughs> we have big release here. Pay attention. Mr. Miracle, number four. Aw, oh, shit, boy. Woo! Yeah. Right after we got a Batman White Knight. Ooh. It's a nice back to back week here. Oh yeah. I am I'm so down. Let's pick, go. Pick up these books. We have New Superman, number seventeen. We have Ragman, number two. It's another cool book. We have Red Hood and the Outlaws, number sixteen. 
We have Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Number 87. We have Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, number 19. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) Uh, We have Suicide Squad, number 29. We have Supergirl, number 15. Okay, okay, let's stop for a second and look at this Supergirl, number 15. There's... Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, she's gonna wreck some shit. Uh, Yeah. Um... It kind of reminds me of uh, there. There is in the uh, Berlanti verse over at CW, like a huge crossover that's going to be happening, mm-hmm. and it's going to be featuring like dark versions of these established heroes. Yeah, there is a version of Supergirl that is going to, and it's weird. It it like all of these dark versions have what look like the. Um, SS lightning bolts from like the Nazis. Of course they do. Of course. Um but the Supergirl version was particularly interesting because she had like a full on like face covering get up thing and the eyes they, they just looked like they were glowing red the whole time. <laughs> it, it was pretty metal. <laughs> That's awesome. I instill fear in these humans. Yes. Next up, we have Superwoman number 16. We have The Flash number 34. We have Titans number 17. They're not teens anymore. We have Wildstorm Michael Cray number 2. We have Wonder Woman number 34. And that wraps up our DC releases. Let's see if IDW has anything other than variants. It sure doesn't look like it. And... Ooh, they got one. Hey! From IDW, we have Star Wars Adventures, number one. Oh, they got a Star Wars book, too. And that's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep, stuck the landing. Uh, From Titan Books, we have Rivers of London, Cry Fox, number one. And variants. Okay. From Image. (laughs) We have Alpha King, number five. We have Birthright, number 28. We have Coyotes, number one. We have Port of Earth, number one. We have Redlands, number four. We have Rock Candy Mountain, number five. We have Scales and Scoundrels, number three. We have Slots, number two. And finally, we have The Divided States of Hysteria, number six. Oh, From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time Regular Show, number four. We have Eugenic, number two. We have Grass Kings, number nine. We have Kong on the Planet of the Apes, number one. I'm guessing this is King Kong. It sure looks like it. (laughs) Probably a safe bet. The crossover everybody's been pining for. (laughs) King Kong and Planet of the Apes. Oh, man. What happens when we put all these small apes against... 
the biggest ape. Why does this sound just like a Kong movie? <laughs> <laughs> Will they take down one of their own? We may never know. You'll have to buy the comic to find out. <laughs> and we have Slam, the next jam, number three. Very cool look to it. it the way you said that, it sounded like it was going to like lead into a Space Jam thing, but nah. But sadly. Sadly, nah. Not there yet. Um, From Dark Horse Comics, we have Harrow County, number 27. We have Hellboy and the BPRD 1955 Occult Intelligence, number three. These titles don't need to be this long, man. Come on. You really don't. From Lion Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime, a cell, number one. We have Catalyst Prime, Astonisher, number two. We have Ghost Money, number four. From Vault Comics, we have Deuce of Hearts, number one. We have Deuce of Hearts, number three. Random. We have Heathen, number seven. And Maxwell's Demons, number two. Guessing Deuce of Hearts does not require <laughs> continued uh, logical steps in their series. Uh, they must what? be one-off books or something. Yeah, from from what you can tell from the outside, that's what it looks like. From Aftershock Comics, we have Pestilence, number five. We have The Normals, number six. From Archie Comics, we have Riverdale Digest, number four. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. First up, our regular cover of the week. Conveniently a number one. Hey, what do you know? Rivers of London, Cry Fox, number one. Now on this cover you see a uh, very, I would say, mysterious... Perhaps uh, Halloweenish cover. Definitely Halloweenish. You have some very swirly print over Rivers of London, and then you have this kind of silhouetted, glowing-eyed fox with blood protruding out of its mouth and dripping on a map of what I assume is London. And it it just has a creepy vibe to it. It has just the right amount of class, I would say. Uh, I'm not sure what the cry fox thing is, but, you know. It looks cool. Uh, Peter Grant, apprentice magician and freshly made detective, tackles supernatural crimes for the London Met, walking the fine line between two worlds to keep the peace. Seems to be a Constantine (laughs) slash Dresden Files type of book. Yeah. I would guess. Magic Man taking down some supernatural shit. But yeah, the cover looks great. Um a big reason this got cover of the week is because our variant cover of the week was done by the same artist as the one contender we had (laughs) (laughs) uh, for this cover of the week. Um, So shout out to illustrators, Lee Sullivan and Louis Guerrero. I don't know which one was responsible for the cover art, but uh, it looks to be more Lee Sullivan's kind of style. If you're familiar with his work. Um, So great job to rivers of London cry Fox. Number one, 
by Titan Books. We'll be picking it up and uh, letting you know, does the content match the drapes next week? Oh, yeah. Next up, our variant cover of the week goes to Moon Knight, number 188, the Sienkiewicz cover. (laughs) Sienkiewicz. Hopefully one of those pronunciations was right. Sienkiewicz, again, he... (laughs) His Daredevil normal cover uh, with Kingpin in the background was a contender for cover of the week. But we figured, eh, it's probably in bad taste to give him two covers in the same week (laughs) when there was a legitimate other contender there. Yeah. uh, This Moon Knight variant cover for Moon Knight number 188 just has the perfect balance of, you know, putting a lot of depth into artwork and then being minimalistic at the same time you know most of the cover is just black but he he uses a very cool kind of linear vertical linear format to have moon knight himself kind of crawling out of what looks like a pseudo window or something an artistic window um, yeah with what looks like some kind of reaper behind him ready to bring him down and it just it just looks like a really cool kind of smudged sketch yeah it's a really neat cover and i would love to have this hanging i just love the contrast between the black and the white and how he you know manipulates the gray to make a kind of foggy hazy night look um all around great artwork by bill sinkowitz and uh shout out to his daredevil cover also great job we will let you know if those covers uh held up to the content inside and now, for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we each discuss a topic of our choosing about the world of comics. Emery, what is your topic for this week? Well, it's that time of year, or at least that time of year that I believe Warner Brothers and DC is going to start establishing as their own. It is is November. This is the time for a DC movie. And the one coming up is the Justice League. Come together right now. And then make a bunch of weird hipster noises. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're going to do. We're going to fuck with a Beatles song. To be fair, Aerosmith did it first. Uh, (laughs) and they did it better um but that's not the point uh the point here is for the first time there's going to be a day unlike any other no wait that's avengers with the justice league coming out i think it would be a fun discussion to talk about who did it better in terms of which comic book or TV series did a better Justice League? Well, just to name a few, we have the Bruce Tim World animated versions. Yep. Uh, based on the animated Batman cartoon and the Superman cartoon that bled into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Um, you have the kind of future Justice Leagues that come from the Batman Beyond universe. You have the evil Justice League <laughs> that seems to make an appearance in every content. Yeah, uh, the the dark Justice League from like the 
weird alternate time. I will say the one cool thing about this Snyderverse is that we are going to see at least some incarnation, <laughs> even <laughs> if it's not the greatest uh, of the Justice League coming together on the big screen. So that's cool. Um, we have uh, the Super Friends. <laughs> <laughs> the one that uh, old people remember best. We obviously have all the incarnations of uh, the Justice League in the comics. You have Justice League of America. You have 52. You have... Uh, Justice League Dark, you have the regular Justice League, uh, you have Justice League International. Um, I mean, take your pick. (laughs) There's been a Justice League for it at some point in time. Um, The incarnations are many and varied. I would say there's a lot of great comic incarnations of the Justice League, but I feel like the comic incarnations of any group book that isn't built from the beginning to be a group book like X-Men, for example, is that you always have dynamics that don't make sense within the context of the universe that's been established with their independent books. For example, if you read New 52 Justice League, uh, which would be, you know, top five probably, um, it was a good book. It was really solid, but you would have Superman and Wonder Woman doing their flirtatious thing in their (laughs) independent books or whatever, and then being on completely independent stories in their books where they're, they're completely different characters. But then the way they were written in the justice league proper comic was completely different. And like their (laughs) relationship just seemed really like forced and awkward. (laughs) And then, you know, like, Hey, you're super strong. You're also super strong. You have black hair. You also have black hair. <laughs> we we come from a place unlike the regular world. I mean, let's face yeah, it, it. Clark just went for Wonder Woman in the New 52 because he could pound that shit without <laughs> worrying about breaking her in half. <laughs> let's face it. Lois does not have hips of steel. <laughs> no, she does not. Um you might want to go with the Amazon goddess for that one. Uh, yeah. Also, just, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, maybe, I don't know, just it, take it easy? I feel well, like Let her be on top? There is nothing scarier to Bruce Wayne than <laughs> Superman and Wonder Woman making kids together. Oh, sweet Jesus. And forming a relationship that could, in fact, turn violent (laughs) and destroy half the planet. Oh, my God. Should it ever have a bad falling out if Clark cheats on her with Lois or something, you know? Oh, yeah. Something akin to uh, Flashpoint (laughs) with with Aquaman and Mera and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, there's... Uh, God. I bet it was Just a big relief when they that. rebooted the universe for like, old Brucey. It's like, <laughs> yep, no, let's never have that be a thing again, because otherwise we're going to have the most paranoid Bruce Wayne. Yeah, uh, but that was a good version. It's just just like any team book where there are independent versions outside of that team. It's just there was a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of things seemed kind of weird because they were trying to put like an Easter egg for fans of the independent book and this and that. Yeah. Aquaman had this weird, sh- this weird shell design with like long flowing hair, and he was just he was more of the royal douchebag 
<laughs> in in the Justice League book, whereas in the independent book, he was far more you know relatable and human. <laughs> um, right. Uh, even it, Batman, to an extent, was more of just like, I'm I'm in charge. Do what I say. And that's it. <laughs> With no you know added depth or relationships in there. So I think any team book really loses a lot of depth when you do that. There's only very specific examples where I think like a Justice League book has flourished as a Justice League book. And one example is I would say Justice League International, the new 52 run. Uh, I love talking about this book because it was, it was uh, I think only 11 issues, maybe 12 or 13. Um, they might have had one like uh, epilogue trailer there with the the book run. But Justice League International flourished because it was like these lesser known characters that didn't have independent books that weren't, you know, inconsistent with what was already established in this new New 52 universe. Who all was on that team? Uh, you had, um, well, Batman was there kind of monitoring them, but he wasn't <laughs> there for most of the book. It was just to put him on the cover and sell more <laughs> of them. But you had Booster Gold. Hey, yeah. my favorite. You had a uh, Green Lantern in the form of uh, uh, what's the annoying one? I just forgot his name. Redheaded. Oh, Guy. Guy Gardner. Yeah, yeah Guy Gardner, <laughs> that, Green that, Lantern, trying that, to take over the team while Booster Gold <laughs> is also trying to take over the team. And that fuck their their dynamic trying to be the leader was hilarious. Um, <laughs> you had. Oh, I'm trying to remember here. You had some lesser characters. Uh, you had like the Russian guy. It was an again. It was an international book, so it was like international characters that you were like, "Who the hell is this?" And yeah, it's like I didn't know they had that not, character. Yeah, yeah, they're usually only seen as like a side character. If, like they have to go to a foreign country and fight somebody. You know, <laughs> they get in the way. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we have a hero on site already. But yeah, they had a Russian character. They had a Chinese character. They had. A lot of cool dynamics in there, and I, I know there was more, but for some reason I just can't remember who all was on the team. I just remember the dynamics, <laughs> like the fun I had reading that book. Yeah. So even though it's not the Justice League proper, that was probably one of my favorite incarnations of the Justice League. Uh, personally, I feel for the proper Justice League, it, those books are always the best when you have the team up of some form of uh batman superman wonder woman the big three obviously the trinity um excuse me martian manhunter because again he brings traits to the table that while he is superpower like say a superman or wonder woman he has a specific weakness and he has a specific personality that doesn't clash with anything um everybody says a green lantern <laughs> take your fucking pick there uh <laughs> right Earth has six of them. Yeah, I think Justice League is usually better when you have Hal Jordan or John Stewart as the Green Lantern, because Guy Guy Gardner is too headstrong. Kyle Rayner is much better independently. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the newer ones, uh, Simon Baz is okay, but it's weird seeing Simon Baz wielding a gun <laughs> next to Batman. You know, in the Justice League, I feel like Batman wouldn't be too approving of this, this no, one this. i always forget yeah. her name but she's more of a turncoat so i don't think she would make good for the the team book um but turncoat. definitely have a green lantern preferably john stewart or hal jordan 
And then, obviously, you have to have the Flash on there. Um, again, I prefer Wally West independent and more as like a Teen Titans or a Titans book. Uh, I think Barry Allen should be the Flash for the main books. Um, yeah. That's probably my, my favorite team up. Uh, one other shout out I'll give is when Dick Grayson was actually Batman and he had to somehow manage this Justice League that was previously <laughs> mostly run and organized by Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you talk about uh, big shoes to fill. It's like it's one thing going from being Nightwing to actually being the Bat. Yeah. Then realizing, holy shit, he's leading the Justice League too. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> His appearances in those runs were very limited. Like he was like the part-time guy, <laughs> but it was cool to see his leadership dynamic. Which everybody says that Dick Grayson is the better leader of the group of Robins. Just yes, see his... that that was like one of his defining traits. Was that uh, unlike Batman himself, Dick's actually good at leading people. Yeah, his 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 strength is uniting people and. Uh, working with them whereas bruce is more of the loner type but <laughs> puts up with it to keep an eye on these super powered assholes yeah he he's like the angry general is like keeping everybody in line and yeah he's kind of pissed about having keep your enemies to do close it. keep your friends closer in this context <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little backwards there bruce but um i thought that was a cool dynamic when he did appear in the justice league books because it was weird seeing you know these people he had grown up around and then having him kind of try to jump into that dynamic where he is leading and organizing this team yeah. that is far more senior to him <laughs> <laughs> um, and seeing how those relationships would occasionally kind of not clash, but you know how they would resist him at times. Oh yeah. Um, so th- those are probably my biggest submissions there. Um, <laughs> Which one would you go with? Um, I would say out of all of the incarnations of the Justice League that I've seen, um, I would probably fall on the side of... The version of the Justice League that was around during identity crisis which i think that one was the classic um barry clark bruce diana um all of them i think uh the if i'm not mistaken at that time that was when they had other characters like the adam question um who else was on the team um the teen titans were definitely still the teen titans and it was like it was a very classic justice league Mm -hmm. um i think that was the one time like one of the few times that they actually had Kyle as their go-to Green Lantern. Uh, ha- have you read Identity Crisis? 
It's been a long time. <laughs> I used to own a lot of the issues of it, actually, like the original covers, but yeah, I haven't been able to find them in a while. Red I have Tornado. All these boxes over here. <laughs> yeah, Red Tornado. I'm just now remembering that he was another member of the team. But, uh, that was God. I remember reading that and just being like rocked to my core. Like this is how you do. An entire team of superpowered individuals who have a blind spot. <laughs> so, uh, what other versions of the Justice League are you a big fan of? Uh, I would say uh, Fifty Two. It's like you I get was the Senior Justice League. Like you get I the Senior Special. I, I was actually a really big fan of the arc where we got to see. What happens when you get rid of the the big three? Yeah, um, and that that was probably that still is my I was gonna say second favorite because I like Identity Crisis a lot, but Fifty Two takes the cake. Fifty Two is an awesome storyline. Um, I think it's pre Blackest Night. Pre-Flashpoint, yes. but after like all the events leading up to it, which is why the Trinity is missing. Yeah. Know? Spoiler alert for <laughs> the comic continuum that was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Before the New 52 and all that stuff. But uh, basically all those characters were either dead or assumed dead for various reasons. Yeah. Uh, so they were not in the picture. Yeah, 52 did so well that for some reason DC and Warner Brothers have... Just inserted the number 52 everywhere they can possibly fucking stick it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I love that storyline. You're, you're totally right. Oh, <laughs> right yeah. on the money for how cool that dynamic was and seeing these old guys trying to hold up the standard <laughs> yeah. and protect the earth the way the, yeah. the young Justice League was. Fucking breakout stars, which I never thought I would ever say about these two characters booster gold in the question <laughs> oh my god yeah i love booster gold i feel like booster gold is the most underutilized character in the dc universe right now oh yeah this is like that he's definitely a and buddy he, comedy pr- potential and also <laughs> my nominee justice league international he, he was featured heavily oh yeah um because uh, he's so good He's he's so like perfectly like all about the sponsorship douchey. But yeah, Justice League International, pretty awesome. Does not feature Batman as much as the artwork suggests. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of has a go my children type feel to it. But yeah, that that whole run was just awesome and just had some great moments. Great artwork, too. Great writing. Great character dynamics. Love Booster Gold and Guy Gardner constantly going at it, competing to take over the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was Vostek, Vixen, this Frost Lady, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, and the South American Starfire ripoff, <laughs> who I also don't remember. Um. But yeah, it was cool having these lesser known characters that you didn't really need the extra established 
you know dynamics for yeah <laughs> they, no, the writers you, had the freedom to do what they wanted because it was new 52 and they could be a little more original but still keep the cores of the character like guy gardner was still the hot-headed douchebag that <laughs> was constantly parading around his green ring and how he was probably the most powerful because he was a green lantern and this and that and just <laughs> booster gold trying to earn the respect he <laughs> he thinks he's deserved um <laughs> It was just a He'll cool always dynamic. think he deserves that respect. Yeah. Were there any other Justice Leagues that really stick out to you? I mean, obviously the Bruce Tim. Yeah. Uh, specifically the Unlimited. See, I would go more the original Justice League. I feel like Unlimited, <laughs> they had some weird takes on a lot of characters. Like, that's where you got the the Aquaman with the hook arm <laughs> making a significant appearance. You had the cowboy version of vigilante and who was yeah. appeared a lot <laughs> um you also had my second favorite crazy question like crazy conspiracy theorist question which is the best question oh yeah <laughs> that is how you play that character um it also had at huntress it did have huntress it had green arrow who, Green Arrow, who oh. was the comedy. <laughs> Green Arrow His was great. With Black Canary. Oh yeah. Um, you had uh, Captain Adam, I believe. Yeah, Captain Adam, Mister Terrific, took over keyboard duties for Martian Manhunter. Yeah. <laughs> Mister Terrific you had Red Tornado in there. Yeah. The robot version. <laughs> which has been the current version. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, one of these days I'm hoping for uh like a really like breakout thing for like the metal men mm-hmm. because they, they they need it. They had a cool thing go on with uh New 52 where they brought back the metal men and had yeah. a, a whole like arc about it and it was it was kind of cool. It was kind of neat seeing them. Yeah, oh yeah, and if I remember correctly, they showed up for 52 for, like, quite a bit. Yeah. They, yeah. Made, they made a nice little cameo in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it would be cool if they brought back the original Justice League without Batman and Superman. With Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. I think Red Tornado was one of the originals. Um, yeah. I think it would be awesome to see just the original justice league members without batman who let's face it wouldn't trust them anyway oh yeah no and superman who's probably dealing with universal (laughs) implications uh by himself sorry off world right now uh i think it would be cool to have something like original all-star justice league or something like that oh an all-star justice league book would be amazing as long as it's done right yeah, obviously, <laughs> this always falls to writing, uh, but I feel like you could, uh, Aquaman was the other one, right? Aquaman's the one of the originals there. Let's see here, make sure I'm not missing something. Yeah, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter. So, that could be an awesome book. Yeah, without, you have one piece of the Trinity in Wonder Woman, but <laughs> other than that, you you you, lo- you don't have your genius and Bruce Wayne, and you don't have your big iconic, <laughs> big iconic unbreakable boy, boy scout boy scout dude stealing spotlight. Um, 
I'd be interested in how it performed, you know, having Wonder Woman and Martian Manhunter and Aquaman and Flash and just Hal Jordan, all these characters that typically don't lead in their team books. They're more like the muscle or, you know, the extra power or the special condition, you know, right. character. It's like the the specialist. It'd be interesting to see how they team up and how they work together and who would assume leadership duties and coordination duties, you know, yeah. among that group. Um, I don't know. I think we're just I think we're just due to see those original members together again in a team book. It'd be oh cool. yeah. Were there any other you wanted to suggest? Um. Well, I I, I will <laughs> yeah. say one thing. Yeah. Um, before I forget it, I don't like Cyborg being a Justice League member. I think I'm I think, glad I'm not the only one. I think he is way better and way more likable and cool and interesting as a Titan. And it's not just because I like the cartoon or because I like like the old versions. He's always been a Titan. Yes, I get it. Why not let him try something new? But he is one of the youngest characters in the DC universe. There is absolutely no reason whatsoever to make him a Justice League member other than we want to diversify <laughs> our, our Justice League cast because when we have Hal Jordan in, uh, we don't have any black people. <laughs> we don't have any minorities. We have a single woman. <laughs> Probably not good for our image that our main headlining book <laughs> is all is white all men. white men. Yeah. <sighs> Which is yeah. why you should probably go with John Stewart anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I feel like there's other ways of dealing with this <laughs> than just stealing a character from another team book and right. trying to force his character into a setting that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, I, I I do understand what DC was trying to do there, <clears throat> but I just don't think it works very well. And I don't think Cy- Cyborg is an interesting character with adults <laughs> i don't think he's a he, he, sympathetic he, character with this adult cast he, that character thanks to the popular cartoon series uh it just he seems like he belongs with the teen titans that's just that is his place yeah and it's like having him move up uh just because you know he's of age that they've all deemed him worthy or making it seem like he graduated. I mean, New New 52 even handled it in the laziest way you could imagine. He's just there (laughs) when all this (laughs) stuff is happening. Like, he's this high school kid who gets in some terrible accident because of his dad, and his dad's like, I'll rebuild him! And meanwhile, they're fighting fighting Darkseid in fucking downtown, and he's just like, I'll release my son with no clear idea of who or what he is and send him at dark side <laughs> the biggest bad in this universe have fun with that son uh, and then we'll just let's make, hope let's we'll hope make it works friends out. we'll yeah. make friends with the justice league hey yeah. so, which and, is ridiculous to me because he's a high schooler he mentally he's a high school kid it, he should not be with well, not, this not just 30 that. 40 year old crew <laughs> yeah he he is a high school football player yeah it's like the thing that he is prepared for is throwing and catching the ball yeah that that is his whole thing at that point like to throw him into saving the world from dark side 
that's a bit of a leap. Yeah, and it, the char- it doesn't leave any room for a good character dynamic because his story is that he's more machine than human anymore and he kind of mentally he clashes with this because he he sees himself as human he wants to be more human than say machine but he knows that physically it's not really true and so he, he uses his relationships with these younger people these you know adults in their early 20s and you know late teens uh and uses his high school mentality context and <laughs> forms relationships with these people who are around his age and are interested in the same things and have the same kind of personalities and are are themselves working through identity issues. Whereas when he's paired up with these 30, 40 year old adult characters who are already fleshed out and already matured and already comfortable with who and what they are, it doesn't leave any room for them to discuss <laughs> and have <laughs> yeah. interesting dialogue and have sympathetic relationships, you know? Yeah. There's no, the, there's no space for empathy with this character when he's with this older justice league. And I think it's, it really, really sucks that they just kind of shoehorn him, shoehorned him in, in an effort to make the cast more diverse for their headlining book. Yeah. But it's honestly, th- the way that I would have ever have seen justifying putting him in the Justice League is having him in his own solo series for a while to see how that does. Yeah. Since that should be a prerequisite for joining the Justice League. You got to be able to hold your own book. Which he hasn't. Yeah. Both the new no. 52 and his current one is just not holding up very well. And it's for those reasons. Because they're trying to make him this older adult mature character when he's not. Yeah. This, <laughs> this isn't Cyborg. This isn't what makes Cyborg interesting. He's a high school kid whose father, you know, <laughs> screwed his life up, you know. Right. This, um, like, that is, like him being a kid who's having to deal with the repercussions of his father's decisions. That is central to his character. Also, can you name more than three cyborg villains? I can't name one. Exactly. I mean, you could say his father, maybe. (laughs) That's about it. So, yeah, there's definitely some big issues with having Cyborg as a main Justice League member. Because beyond being the the convenient narrative computer, yeah, uh, solve this computer problem, unlock this door, okay, on it. I've hacked in. Beyond that, <laughs> he's useless. Like you could have Batman do this, right? <laughs> like, he's useless. It's like he's um, not an interesting character. He doesn't contribute to the story much at all. Uh, even when they did try to make him contribute more during like the metal story, like. He really didn't do much. He just just kind of babysat. <laughs> it's it's oh. not who Cyborg is, and it's not what makes Cyborg interesting. And it makes me really sad because Cyborg is a cool character with the Titans. If you fleshed him out with his own book as a high school kid and not as this like overly serious brooding adult, you know, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense within the context. If you want to diversify the Justice League, you can do it. You know, make John Stewart Green Lantern. Uh, Add Simon Baz as Green Lantern or the latest uh, turncoat Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, there, I mean, you can make John Jones can literally change into any form he wants. Yeah. Make him turn into a minority if you want to. I mean, yeah, that's uh, it, turning into a minority for John Jones is actually kind of his go to. I mean, you have 
you have the the black version of Wally West if you really want to get into it. Like, <laughs> and since you did Convergence and all of the flashes are together, yeah, you, you have them available if you want to. Uh, which uh, and uh, the final point, you know, forcing diversity for diversity's sake and not for a narrative reason, right? Um, it, that's always a flaw in and of itself. So it's like if you're if you're going to do it, just you have to have a good story yeah. in order for this to be something that anyone wants to pick up or invest any time in. Uh, so and they they haven't put in the time with him. I agree. I agree. So it, definitely the, a bad move for DC to try to force Cyborg into this Justice League role and still <laughs> keep trying to force him into this role. Even in like the animated movies now, like they put him in there and try to make him seem older, but like Dick <laughs> like Grayson or somebody walks up to him or Starfire walks up to him and is like, this is weird because <laughs> those characters are older than him. Right. And, and he's on the Justice League, but they're not. And you know, Yeah, it's and just... He's it's, just serious and unsympathetic it, it, and just... Ugh. It's poorly set up and... It, it, you miss out on the cyborg-beast boy relationship. You just, like... If there was anything that tethered him to his human, you know, younger self, it was his friendship with Beast Boy. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get on more rants about <laughs> what we dislike instead of like <laughs> right. on a positive topic, <laughs> um, let's uh, go ahead and swing into the next. Yeah. So, with the Snyderverse building itself for an epic collapse i anticipate <laughs> and probably not going strong for the next beyond the next five years i would guess maybe rebooting uh, with flashpoint movie yeah probably uh and then having the mcu getting close to infinity war and probably ending very quickly after infinity war unless they find some way to keep all these expensive actors on the on the staff you know or uh, just come up with something different expensive and aging characters right um especially if they get the rights back from fox you know oh yeah sweet mercy oh. i thought it'd be kind of fun to discuss what we would like to see from the next incarnation of these universes mm, we always okay. com- specifically with dc we always complain about what we <laughs> we're seeing from these universes i think it might be interesting to look a little bit further forward Practical effects for Cyborg. For fuck's sake. <laughs> How about Cyborg not on the Justice League? <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, I would say that. How about but... a Titans movie and not a t- streaming app TV show? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we would have to figure out a Titans movie, which isn't hard. We have Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. I personally don't want to see cyborg specifically in the dc universe in the next incarnation until they have fleshed him out in the comic books yeah he's been around since what the 80s yeah and, and he has never been he, fleshed out beyond the team books yeah he's always just he's side all... team character who struggles with whether he's human or not doesn't have a particular issue or villain to fight he's just there yeah that is the he's, biggest problem with cyborg is that he's just there he's the ultimate support character yeah <laughs> it's like oh hey guys i'm also here i could make this real easy or real hard you yeah. pick um for me the big things would be 
X-Men in the Marvel Universe, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, because their dynamics clash so much with what the Avengers are typically doing. Uh, and it would be interesting to see something build up to a, say, Avengers X-Men clashing film. <sighs> or a real version of Civil War that just... That isn't just like a handful <laughs> of people fighting for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, an actual civil war and not like a, a civil like group fist fight. Yeah, for like a friend a circle, few minutes. a friend circle argument. <laughs> um, uh, that I would love to see something on that scale with DC in particular. I would like to see less digital nonsense. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick of seeing these heavily filtered super unrefined cg things that cost you know probably 800 million dollars to produce <laughs> something you know i'm exaggerating but you know they spend so much money on these cg effects when the practical effects 90 percent of the time look way better yeah way more believable and make the filmmakers film in a far more creative and interesting way than just filming everything flat against a green screen <laughs> you know where everybody's wearing you know these bubble uh, costumes you know make an actual costume yeah you, know? <laughs> you don't need a giant cg cape that's flowing beautifully all the time for superman hey sometimes there isn't that much wind <laughs> just let the cape rest <laughs> like, it doesn't have to look all gooey and slimy as it rise around like it's alive you know just cg in moderation where needed yes don't don't let cg take over plot (laughs) you know um and most importantly don't use cg to make a backdrop that you could literally have just made practically then i i I'm saying that because I'm specifically thinking in the trailer of the the moment where Jim Gordon gets to talk to Batman for a little bit and the rest of the pre-Justice League show up. Yeah. And it just it, it looks like it's so like painted. Mm. Like that entire like backdrop and like the skyline and the yeah. the moon. It it looks like it was fucking painted. Um, for, for Superman specifically, no more real estate villains. <laughs> the last <laughs> thing we need is another Lex Luthor who has some real estate scheme. <laughs> Ooh. Because this guy who is essentially a god should not be wasting his time breaking real estate schemes. <laughs> um, uh, let's make you know Lex how- Luthor bald. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, how I'm going to screw up like the, the fabric of... Like all of America, I'm going to make most of America sink into the ocean and then have this weird crypto land come up in its place. Uh, why? Reasons? <laughs> <laughs> because then I'll own it. Because real estate. <laughs> I own land. It just, it's, these, it's lame. These scripts it's have so been lame. so bad. Then you have Superman fighting a tornado. <laughs> it's just so. And then the, the tornado killing dad. <laughs> what, what is it with Warner Brothers and tornadoes? Stop it. We're trying to blow all the shit down. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the Kevin Smith story about how they wanted to shove a giant spider into the 
Nicolas Cage Superman movie that they were trying to make. Oh, no. And that became Wild Wild West. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So clearly the producers over at Warner Brothers have no idea what the fuck they're doing and know exactly how to ruin a good project and a good thing. Yeah, not... Um, I don't know if they're all just fucking high over there or what, but I don't know. Like You know it would be a really good idea if we came up with like a giant spider kind of thing for Superman to fight. I definitely want to see DC take their time next time around. Because this time, while it's probably not the biggest flaw, it's among them. Uh, they, they just rushed so quickly to try to play catch up with Marvel and put and a it, Justice League together. And it shows. It really does. Badly. And oh. Every movie has so much shoved into it that's unnecessary. I think that's probably why Wonder Woman got away with being much better than it probably should have been or could have been in this universe because it wasn't tied down to trying to justify what's going on in the present. It, it could it stay was, in the past and be its own thing. It was a lot simpler. Uh, if you haven't seen our Wonder Woman review, check it out. But we loved the movie, but had problem, significant problems with the third act. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think the thing going into that is Wonder Woman, while not a perfect movie... Wonder Woman is a movie that has kind of set what everyone hopes is going to be the tone for the movies from here on out. Yeah. And hopefully. Uh, hopefully. Um, now, it's because of that that people are, well, not because of that, but because of all of the movies that came before it and the movie that's coming right after it. That people are just like, uh, like you were saying before, hopefully they just stop everything, reboot the whole thing, yeah, and just do it better this time. Let's maybe actually have movie Brainiac instead of relegating <laughs> him to television. Yeah. Let's maybe have... And here's the thing, that the Batman movie... I want that movie. I just I want it to be in the rebooted DC universe. Yeah. I I really do think they would be much better off just washing their hands of this, releasing your Justice League part 1 and 2. Yeah. You, you already filmed most of it. Might as well make the money. Yeah. You haven't filmed the other movies yet. Just stop where you're at. Let it be. If you want to keep the cast members, or at least some of the cast members, I have a feeling Ben Affleck doesn't want to be part of it anymore, <laughs> based on rumors. If you want to keep Henry Cavill, great, keep him. If you want to keep uh, Gal Gadot, keep her. She's great. You know, it, uh, we just—it's it, not going to confuse that many people if you do a reboot here. X Men did it several times, and they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, don't be afraid to reboot. You. You lost your director who was the visionary for this, for better or worse, uh, because of personal situations. Yeah. You have every excuse in the world to just drop it now. You'll make your money on the two Justice League movies, and you'll have something to go on, and you'll have a a baseline reference for what, how people are going to respond to certain actions and certain, certain creative decisions. Right. Save your Shazam movie for the next iteration. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> s- save your Flash and Green Lantern movie for the next iteration. 
You, you don't need to shove all these things in in the next two and three years and force these movies out and have poor quality writing and CG effects and lazy production and bad writing for the cast who are acting well. It's just yeah, they're the, given the, so little to work with. Yeah. yeah. That, Kevin Costner, he was a great acting performance in Man of Steel and in BBS. But <laughs> what he was given, what oh. he was given was atrocious. And yeah, everything he deserves con- so much the better. The context than that. around what he was doing was atrocious. Uh, so it just <laughs> and please don't let producers take over these movies because clearly WB producers have no idea what the hell they're doing. If Kevin Smith's story is anything to go on, um, is there anything big you would like to see? from these movie universes in the next iteration. Running out of time, so. Oh yeah. Um I think the the thing that I want from these cinematic universes is for uh, So Thor Ragnarok happened. And check I, out our review check on our, our YouTube channel yeah. and on Stitcher and iTunes. Yep, check check that out. Plug. Uh, Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Completely shameless. Um, (laughs) The thing that I want from, like, these companies starting over, hopefully, is for them to, as we said before, take their time. Thor Ragnarok could have waited until they had a better story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, Planet Hulk could have been a separate movie entirely. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> as it was probably seventy five percent of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, they they should have actually taken the risk and made not a like Hulk and Banner story, but just straight Hulk. Yeah, if you're gonna do Planet Hulk, go all out, go balls to the wall. Let let him <laughs> let us experience a hulk where we actually get to understand the hulk as a person yeah as like this giant rage monster who (laughs) is is like he doesn't even like raging yeah (laughs) it's like that that is like an effect that he like he knows what it is he does it but it's like he he would so much rather just not rage and uh like just being on a planet where instead of being chastised and outcast for his raging he is applauded he is awarded he gets married he doesn't have to be afraid yeah to let loose so to speak yeah like this is a world that uh rewards him rewards him quite well for his like being the Hulk. <laughs> uh, it, being able to take the risk and actually craft that story. Being able to take the risk and craft a Thor Ragnarok movie that is serious and dark. Yeah. And features all of these characters that we've established and them like actually going to an actual war yeah. with Hela. Um, and dealing with Surtur, and let let's maybe bring in like the the other 
uh, son of Odin, Balder. Um, um, but but yeah, that's yeah. like I I want to see the studios take their time and craft well done, well told, well acted stories. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't watched our Thor Ragnarok review spoiler discussion. We enjoyed the movie when we turned our brain off. Yes, but which I'm almost certain was the point. You really have to turn your brain off for this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. But we had a lot of problems with this movie. Uh, this movie was way too in love with itself, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but much worse. Yeah. And it was, it was like... clear that they didn't believe either Thor or Hulk could carry a movie. Oh, yeah. And no. They just... They, they just made them both. <laughs> they they, they mo- much they, less than what they could have been. They made them both into a joke. Yeah. So, uh, check out our review and discussion to, if you want to hear more. Um, we ta- we we reviewed it right after the movie, so we were pretty fresh. Oh yeah, like we we had words for that movie at length. Yeah. So, uh, I think Marvel obviously took their time, but they had to fight for their properties and they weren't sure what they were going to be at the beginning because they didn't know if Iron Man was going to be a success. They didn't know if the Hulk movies were going to be successful enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the same with Thor, I'm sure. And, uh, the first Avengers and stuff, but, um, uh, DC, uh, f- please take your time with the next iteration. And if, if you were smart, I, I you would start right now. You would just finish what you already got in production, wrap it up and get writers in a room and have them start brainstorming how they want to progress a new universe um and who they might want to be interested in casting. Uh, yeah. Remember, you don't want to cast an old Bruce Wayne because you're probably going to need him. <laughs> For ten years, ten fifteen years, if you're successful, so right. We we um, need like uh, early thirties, late twenties, Bruce Wayne, not like early forties, early to mid forties, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's like this, mm. I mean, you already it's have like, young Clark Kent. Why did you need a fifty year old Bruce Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who's clearly not going to be able to grow old with this universe. You know, yeah. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't blame Ben Affleck for wanting out. So, yeah. Um, uh, here's one thing in specific that I do want from Marvel, uh, with hopefully them doing something, some kind of partnership or acquiring mm-hmm. Fox. Uh, we Marvel has a villain problem. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's always the, been the biggest criticism of Marvel. Yeah, their villains typically are pretty weak and the ones that aren't weak are typically like anti-villains anti-heroes well not just that like magneto and you know yeah it's like their best villains are owned by other companies yeah and and not only not always villains (laughs) yeah um but yeah that i i would like to see that change i would like to see these villains that while, yes, some of them do have a history of, like, flipping from bad to good because, yeah. you know, these are complex characters. Yeah. Uh, I actually enjoyed what time we did get with Hela yeah. in the movie because, like... She it, looked cool. She played the part cool. She was menacing. She was intimidating. But they 
the movie, you know, no spoilers, but the movie just did not use her well at all. Yeah, no. And her narrative points didn't make sense, and, <laughs> and where she would appear didn't make sense. And just, yeah, yeah. There, there was again not giving not given much to work with. So uh, I guess I'll insert this one brief last thing. Please don't make every villain Joker. <laughs> Lex Luthor does not need to be like Joker. You know, all these characters do not have to act like Joker to be interesting. Right. Joker, you know, specifically it, the Mark Hamill slash Heath Ledger Jokers are one in a million. You don't have to have every character being goofy and crazy and over the top. <laughs> right. Especially when you're supposed to be this intimidating multi-millionaire billionaire mogul that has a more sinister intelligent plot behind him, which yeah. BBS Luther did not. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I will agree with you on that and add that uh, these other villains, of which DC has many, Mm-hmm. And most of the ones that are recognizable admittedly do come from Batman. Yeah. Um, we need to be able to trust those villains in like their own form of villainy. We we can't yeah. have them like we we can't have them be other jokers. That yeah. that's that's you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. So with that Let's uh, let the topic rest for now. I'm sure we'll have more to say once more movies come out and we establish more ideas and what hasn't been done, what has been done, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We don't have a cosplayer of the week this week uh, because of time constraints. Uh, So look forward to seeing maybe two next week. Uh, If you want to submit your cosplay to us, please make sure it is your own or you have permission to submit it to us to be featured as our cosplayer of the week on the podcast, on our YouTube channel. Um, you can submit to us on Twitter, at HTBVids. You can tag us on Instagram, hit the books. You can send it to us on Facebook, forward slash hit the books. Um, I think that wraps up another mediocre edition of Hit the Books podcast. Mediocre! <laughs> Thank you all for sticking with us. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on your podcast services of choice. Remember, you can check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. Might put us on SoundCloud pretty soon here. And we're going to start pushing the show a little bit more and having more reviews and content. We have our website, htbvids.com. Check out there for any written content, written reviews, notifications, updates, events coming out. You name it. Uh, remember, once again, we're on Twitter at htbvids and Facebook forward slash hit the books and Instagram at hit the books. Um, again, I want to thank you for sticking with us. Uh, I realize his first 10 episodes have been kind of hectic. Uh, <laughs> we try to release every Wednesday, Wednesday, so you have the updated announcements and releases for your week as your comic books are released on Wednesday at your local comic book shops. Um, it's been an honor to serve you so far, and hopefully <laughs> we get our camera situation improved, we get our lighting situation improved, I can find my drill so we can actually <laughs> put up some decorations like we had in the old studio. Um and start featuring more of our favorite covers in the background here. M- much like the roads outside where we live, uh, we're still kind of under construction. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep bringing it. Yeah. So uh, 
please stick around if you like anything that you hear. If you have some construction, uh, excuse me, <laughs> construction. Uh, if you have some constructive uh, ideas for us or suggestions or criticisms, uh, feel free to send them our way. Give us a like and subscribe and help us to improve the podcast uh, if we can. Uh, again, we got more content coming for you. I've been recording some instructional stuff that I'm hoping to get out before too long. So keep an eye on our YouTube channel for that. Um, we're going to start posting, you know, <laughs> pre and post pictures of our podcasts on uh, Instagram and whatnot on our social media. Uh, we're looking to interact with you more on our social ne- medias uh, after this initial ten episodes here is published. And um, uh, generally, we just hope to build a more fun, more active, and um, <laughs> more substantial community around us that we can interact with and have good times and good discussions with. And oh yeah, we'll have some new guests on pretty soon. Here we got two lined up that I can think of right now, and I'm sure we got more on the way. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for sticking with us for these first ten episodes and our reviews and stuff. Keep watching out on our website or YouTube channel, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever your medium of choice is. Thank you for watching. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hit the books. Yeah.